The book was better. Happy Halloween! Happy, happy, happy Halloween! Spooky Halloween! The end of spooky season. Well, we're nearing the end of spooky season. Yeah, it is upon us. Welcome to our special Halloween episode of the Book Was Better podcast. My name is Kaylee Clark. (laughs) Am I adding to the vibe? Spooky vibe. Spooky, spooky vibe. I feel like we just need to like add like ghost sounds randomly. Oh, I plan. The I plan on adding. I plan on adding some sp- spooky, spooky something to the beginning here. So perfect. Um, that that's Taylor Collette because she didn't do her. Sorry. Part. Well, you didn't even say this was the book was better podcast. So did you? Yes, I did. And I said my name. Did you? I was. You too were just so enveloped the in the oozing. <laughs> <laughs> oh hi it's fine uh what a what a week what, it's been what are you being are you and brenton doing something like are you doing a couple's costume or anything for halloween no this i'm year? it's really sad because normally i am so into halloween but um, i am in the middle of uh inventory season at my job and so my life is just pure chaos right now. So I really haven't been able to do any of the fun Halloween stuff that I normally like to do. Also, it's really weird because it's like still bright and sunny and 80 degrees outside. Oh, and it this is your first Halloween in Hawaii. Hawaii huh? Yeah, so it doesn't feel yeah. like Halloween to me. So whereas here in Denver, all the leaves are orange, yellow uh, and red. Yeah. Half of them are already on the ground and crispy and crunchy under uh, your feet. Yes. It's nice and cold in the mornings, warm and pleasant in the afternoons, and then it gets cold again in the evenings. It's, yeah, no. We're in the epitome of fall here in Denver. We don't have fall. Um, so it's just, it's not really a traditional Halloween year for me. But I did put out some decorations to at least like try to get me more in the spirit of Halloween. But I don't think we're gonna really be doing much because one we have no friends out here so there's no one to do anything (laughs) with pandemic (laughs) um and hard to make friends when you're all quarantined (laughs) yeah and two i'm just so dead tired that i don't want to like have to come up with a costume and stuff so Mm. but we'll probably like each We'll probably Each watch year, Hocus Pocus or something and cuddle up on Halloween the Town. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, each year we let um, our children. Well, so I'm huge about. I'm. This is. This will come to no surprise to anybody who even slightly knows who we are, right? Yes. We we both go all out for holidays, and so I love Halloween too. Um, we do a family themed costume every year. Mm-hmm. I let my children pick the theme. And my my two daughters made a last minute switch this year oh. from Frozen characters to Star Wars. Ooh, so in the right direction. So at least. so we will be Star Wars characters. Okay. Um, my two year old's going to be Baby Yoda. Cute. Grogu. Cute. Uh, Olivia's going to be Rey. Okay. And then Derek and I are going to be generic Jedi's because okay. um, I ran out of time to really put together like a full like Han Leia situation or anything because again it was frozen and yeah. then it was like no mom I want to be a, I want to be a Jedi and I was like okay well 
Let me see what we can find this close to Halloween. <laughs> like um, we did Star Wars last year. For those who I weren't know. around, and they looked great. We'll share. Then. We'll choose. We'll where she would. They were Han and and Leia, and it was real cute. It looked real good. If you weren't around last year, we shared pictures, so maybe we'll share those again. But yeah, we do have a, a a fun little surprise costume. The book was better costume situation. Yes. Um, for those who follow us on our social media, you will already have known this, but well, they'll uh, have gotten a hint. They'll have gotten know very if, obvious hints. I don't know if they fully know I what to expect. I have a freaking expect. red wig. I have a red wig. Okay, but they don't Short know what I'm red wig. do. I'm. They can assume you know, <laughs> such a mystery. It's not like I have but, a favorite fictional character or anything. It's not like my favorite character also has a red red hair and yeah it's fine is best friends with somebody who has a scar and glasses okay anyway <laughs> enough enough spoilers just kidding by the time this episode comes out they might have already seen stuff no i don't think so i think I it'll think be today after this. is the day today, today is, the, is day. the day we will be releasing our podcast so, costume if you haven't already gone over to our social medias and check those out now is a perfect time to go do that at tbwd podcast on pretty much everywhere <laughs> everywhere and speaking of also quick little announcement for yes. the new merch line yes oh i'm making the announcement yes you are making the announcement <laughs> um yes new merch um so it's a new line uh we are adding a couple products to our original the book was better line but i um also have been working on a new line over at teak designs called hogwarts bound and uh pre-orders for that are gonna open up on halloween with expected shipping dates mid-november so if you are a Harry Potter nerd like us, then definitely uh, go over to um, teakdesigns.com, T-E-A-C designs.com on Halloween to pre-order. We'll, we'll share the, the links. And, but yeah, we'll also share and, on social and media. stuff on our socials. But um, we decided that it, it, this is kind of a unique thing that we can do because uh, Taylor specifically opened her shop with the idea that she would sell all sorts of things. Yeah. So it's not just podcast specific. Um, and then just because we share so many interests, it was kind of fun. I was able to throw Collab. some ideas at her and I don't necessarily have the means to make things, but I have the means to make designs and send them to her and make her do all the work. <laughs> yes. And she had some fun ones. There's some fun ones coming out. Yeah. So we're excited about that. So Halloween. We'll yes. share again on yes. Halloween. Um, but yeah, we're, we're excited. So. But we have blabbed enough now. Yes. Uh, no other announcements. Let's really dive in other than Coraline we're doing Coraline yes for spooky spooky season yes you're back okay sorry it said poor connection for a minute there but we're good yeah it's a little already so you're you're just so as long as long as we can hear each other that is the primary concern here <laughs> yeah 
so this uh, today we're, we're going to be talking about Coraline by Neil Gaiman. I think that's how you say his last name. I'm, I'm yeah. So Coraline by Neil Gaiman. The book was published in 2002. And then the movie came out in 2009. We did not plan this, but Coraline is another book written by a British author and originally set in the UK that in its movie adaptation is Americanized. But it doesn't it, it, it's not as an ob, it's not as big of a or as an obvious difference as it was in Matilda, but just something I noticed that I thought was kind of interesting. Hmm. And I think it was when it was published in the UK, it was also available in the US basically right away in 2002. But who knows? I didn't look into it that much. Uh, the movie was directed by Henry Selleck and the screenplay was also done by Henry Selleck. Henry Selleck also directed Nightmare Before Christmas and collaborated with um, Tim Burton on the screenplay for that one. So if you notice some correlating themes, because I did, that's why. And then music was done by Bruno Coulet and casting was done by Kathy Kalmanson and Linda LaMontagne. Dakota Fanning does voice Coraline. That's, I think, like the biggest casting. The biggest name. Mm -hmm. Biggest name drop. But the rest of the cast has a good job, too. Music was good cast. I mean, no complaints with our lineup for Coraline. Mm -hmm. Really. And yeah, OK. Didn't our cousin Synopsis. work on Coraline? No, Franken, the Franken. Oh, Frankenweenie. OK. Uh-huh. I was like the dog. That's Frankenstein. Yep. Um, I knew she worked on one of these like mm -hmm. stop motion ones. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, Coraline is a stop motion film. Yes. And <clears throat> for a brief synopsis off the top of my head, it's everyone's favorite part. <laughs> um, hey, you're clear. I can see you again. OK. <laughs> um, so Coraline is a story about a girl who we assume is like a, a preteen. Her age is never super specified, uh, but she's an only child and her and her parents move to a new house and in a new place. She has really busy parents. And so she's often left to her own devices to entertain herself. And in her search for adventure and using her creative imagination, she discovers this weird little door in this new house that she opens and goes to this like other world, like a mirror image almost of the world she's actually in and lives in where she meets the other mother and other father and all these, it's just crazy adventures and also very creepy and kind of scary. <laughs> and she learns that the entire world is created by this other mother who obviously isn't actually her mother in any way, shape or form, but is this like villainy, creepy monster thing called Beldum. And uh, she created the world and is trying to trap Coraline like she has with other children in the past. Um, but it all has a happy ending, despite the creepiness and scariness of it all. So, OK, OK. That, that's it. That's the synopsis. 
Guess who can't remember who's supposed to go first? Both of us. Me. <laughs> I cannot remember who's supposed to go first. Both of us can't remember. Mm. He went first in Matilda. Uh, me? Question mark? Okay, yeah, I'll go first this time. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so in three, two, one order, as always, grievances. So my number three for me is a grievance. For others, might not be. And my number three is that the book is significantly scarier and creepier than the movie. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I really enjoyed about the book. But for people who aren't a huge you know, dark fantasy or horror fan. Uh, I can see this as being a pro to the movie and not a con. <laughs> but I. So I first read the book when I was in. So now knowing that it was published in 2002, that kind of helps me know, like age wise, how old I would have had to be. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was in my fourth grade class with Mr. Ravelson. He was my fourth grade teacher. Shout out to Mr. Ravelson. He's the one who got me interested in reading and writing and why I became an English major in my whole life. But um, I remember reading it with my best friend, Hannah. Like we read it together so we could like talk about it and stuff. You know, I don't as think little, I like, read this book as a child. Nine or ten year olds. <laughs> so I did. And it was scary AF. Yeah, but I liked it. And it was like my first introduction to horror and dark fantasy and things because Coraline is a, a book written for children, but it is also it classified is, as dark fantasy. <laughs> so, and it, it's gotten some pushback and things for that, but I personally really liked it. I think it was, I still think it was an interesting read, even as an adult. Neil Gaiman is an amazing writer, very clever, but the way he's got this way with his writing where he specifically doesn't describe certain things so that your mind can kind of fill in the gaps and kind of create its own image of horror that is the most scary for you as the reader. So he does this really good. He's just really good at describing what's needed and then being vague enough that you fill it in in the way that's scariest to you or in other instances and in other books, right? Maybe what's, you know, the prettiest to you or happiest for you or whatever, right? But in this instance, it's scary and creepy. And so um, that's something that I think I thought the movie lacked a little bit, as well as certain scenes were just changed that were a lot scarier in, mm -hmm. in the book. Yeah. Um, like when she, when Coraline con confronts, is that the word? Sure. the other father like when she confronts him quote unquote in the garden mm -hmm. um and he like apologizes and says that like he never wanted to hurt her or whatever yeah he doesn't want to fight her in the book it's fine that doesn't happen in the book so um instead she like uh approaches him in the basement and it's like real creepy and he's like a grub and yeah so gross way creepier it's just lots creepier in the book they they downplayed it for the movie so that's my number three 
Mm. It's a grievance in me, for me. Probably not a grievance for you because you don't like scary things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I prefer less scary, but and the movie still freaked me out a good amount. <laughs> Remember creepy. not liking it as a child. Um, all right. My number three is a grievance. And I don't know. I think most people would agree with me on this. Um, in the movie, they added the character of YB. He doesn't exist in the book. And I honestly don't know why they added him. <laughs> I wrote down in my notes, why, YB? Why? <laughs> just I don't know if it's the, the, the patriarchy <laughs> not wanting to just have a female character be the main character and not have a male really present at all except for her dad. Like, mm -hmm. why did they need to add him? He's annoying. He's annoying. I don't <laughs> like him. He takes away, I think, a lot from Coraline's character well yeah because they they try to like have him like direct her yeah like and, as and if then, like, he's the one that's coming as up if with he's the one ideas. who's figuring out the yeah yeah as if he's you know deciphering or figuring out the clues in the world and stuff and it's like in the book Coraline has nothing but her own mind yeah she does herself. it herself she's strong independent woman Little girl. Um, you don't need no man or boy. Okay. Or boy. And I don't know. I just thought, one, he was annoying. Two, he's felt unnecessary because clearly in the book, she got everything done just fine without another character helping her. And then mm -hmm. also just like, I feel like you almost, because Coraline kind of like was a little rude to him, you know, she could she kind of was annoyed by him too. Can't blame her. But I feel like it like almost put Coraline in this negative light where it's like, oh, yeah, she's such a jerk to this like kid who's just trying to be nice to her. And you're like, mm -hmm. no, no, get him out of here. <laughs> yes. So, Indeed. yeah, my number three is why he sucks. I think that they should have just not included him in the movie and kept it closer to the book. Agreed. Yeah. Um. So my number two is that the endings are a little bit different. It's a grievance as well. I only got grievances for this one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and this, this kind of connects to my number one, so I'll talk more about this a little bit in my number one, but the, the big thing that bothers me about the endings is that Coraline, like, in the book, already knows what you know the other mother in bedlam or whatever you want to call it. beldam whatever it's not bedlam it's beldam i can you know, I, I always knows. say it wrong <laughs> she already knows what she's been up to she's a, she's smart she's a very brave tricky and wise like that's how she's described in the book like yeah. little girl and she catches and sets up this this elaborate trap to catch Beldam's hand when it crosses over into her world. Mm -hmm. But in the film, it's more of like a, oh my gosh, this happened? Oh crap, YB, what do we do? And freaking YB. YB, freaking YB. YB helps Coraline to get rid of the hand in the well. And um, which I don't fully get the well. Just throwing that out there. I don't know why the well is special other than i it's, guess it's a it's a deep well because it's dangerous yes yeah. it's added elements of danger cool um 
But yeah, and and so the thing I can think, the only thing I can, only way I can kind of reason this out in my head is that in the book, because she already knows she sets up this trap, it's, it kind of is like a, a die down of the climb. Like there's no huge climax because there's a couple days of just like boring nothing Mm -hmm. as she puts you know comes up with the trap and comes up with the plan and lays the trap or whatever before she catches it her and you know succeeds and further proves that she knows what's up um whereas in the movie it's more reactionary so there's more action it's Mm -hmm. more non-stop more drama more drama as we all know (laughs) they like to add into these movies but um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about why that bothers the, the, the ending bothers me so much when I get to my number one. But yeah, it's just it's it's different. And I don't. Yeah, I mean, I it definitely still works fine, but I, I definitely felt like the ending in the book was more satisfying. Yeah, the ending kind of was like a little cheesy in the movie, almost like kind of the more typical like drama craziness oh we figured it out last minute thank goodness kind of deal rather than like any Mm -hmm. calculations going into it yep fair enough fair enough um my number two is uh small grievance i mean it wasn't like a huge thing there were a lot of small changes between the book and the movie for sure um and i mean it's hard because we kind of talked about this with matilda like they're not super long books so like no it's this is considered a novella like i understand like you know making it into a full movie you may want to make some changes but these are the changes that i'm like why did you why did you make that change though like i feel like Mm -hmm. they really wanted you to hate her actual parents like they made them even more absent than they were in the book well, and they made them, they made them, like, indifferent. Yeah, in like, it reminded I mean, not in the me, book, in the movie. It reminded me of, like, Kevin's parents in Home Alone, where they just, like, leave their kid behind. And I'm <laughs> like, what kind of parent? Anyways, that's a whole other thing that I have with that movie. But I just feel like they just were like, yeah, these parents are not good parents. <laughs> well, and when you think about it from a, hello, I'm a parent. Um, standpoint like you are you're busy they move they just moved into a new house with I don't know maybe new jobs right like and there's a lot of things that you have to do when you're in a new place and even though they only have one kid still there's a lot to do to keep them busy and so both the book and the movie, her parents are busy, but I, I feel like in the book, her, her parents still at least like they seem to care more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like they want to do more with her. Yeah. It's not like they just brush off her, you know, They're different like, ideas and requests. You as our child. <laughs> Whereas in the in the movie, I feel like they're just like not even really listening to her, not really paying attention to her when she talks. And I feel like it reminds me more of any 
stereotypical like teen preteen drama show where just the parents are the worst and everything that they say is dumb and they don't care about me they don't know my problems (laughs) like just that kind of stereotypical parents are clueless yeah (laughs) where it's just like parents are idiots and you don't have to listen to them and they don't care about you anyways kind of thing which is not true and is a Mm -hmm. terrible representation of most parents um and so i just feel like that was i miss the way that 90s shows portrayed families and parents yeah yeah bring back the matthews family (laughs) (laughs) boy means world (laughs) Um, so I just feel like it it just they wanted more of that more stereotypical teen preteen like drama vibe I guess which I didn't I didn't think was necessary and I didn't love so yeah um well then bringing that kind of into my number one I think honorable honorable mentions well I don't have any because you've already talked about what I had written down as my honorable mention. Oh, no, I have one. Um, the dialogue. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. In the book. Nope. That's my number one. Is that your number one? Oh, just kidding. <sighs> never mind. Yeah, see, you're talking about all my honorable mentions. I, I will say one thing. I will say one thing um, as an honorable mention. And that's the uh, the choice to do it as stop motion claymation film. Especially in that very tim burton like skeletal not super realistic way i think also added to the i mean even though like it's a little like haunting because they are like so skeletal and it's kind of creepy i actually don't think it's as scary because of that because they don't look real so it it's very much that was intentional so that it's still acceptable to show it to your children yeah i think if they had done this as a live action film it it would no longer be deemed pg like it would have been too scary so like even just looking at the book cover where like she's more like you know an actual human shape i'm like i just was picturing it with actual people well, can and you just imagine seeing a person with buttons for eye like terrifying. that's scary like yeah. that's just scary like so like i totally understand where they were coming from with that decision um but i just thought that was an interesting note to make yeah no for sure um okay now i'm good to talk about yeah now you're my good number one okay so my number one is just Coraline basically her personality her wit um and how much that changes across the the book and the movie and this is why I think that they they might have purposefully made her parents more uh aloof I guess in the movie uh just so that it would drive the way they've portrayed Coraline Mm -hmm. to search for a new adventure and a way to entertain herself. Um, Just because movie Coraline is, um, uh, she kind of annoyed me. (laughs) Um, She, she just like so desperately wants something new and exciting. Um, She seems really like bitter towards her parents sometimes in some scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And she's she's just like really quick to embrace this new world and 
oh, this is great. And it's not until the other mother's like, oh, we just need to add the buttons that she's like, what? And then she like freaks out and starts to suspect. Um, Whereas in the book. She's suspicious from the beginning. Book Coraline is what I think is a much more accurate portrayal of like an only child who has two busy working parents Mm -hmm. because she's very polite. She's, you know, kind and polite to all of her neighbors. She's not this sarcastic eye rolling preteen that she is in the movie yeah she's mature for her age and i think that makes sense as an only for an only child right like yeah for sure it's not like she has a bunch of younger siblings to play with and goof off with she She spends most most of her time with adults (laughs) so she's she's not gonna be this sassy sarcastic my parents kind of person her parents are going to be her best friends like regardless of how busy they are that's they're her family Mm -hmm. um and i feel like in the in the book she's she's just much more witty she she uses that maturity and that responsibility to figure things out on her own um that's another reason why yb bothers me because it it, it takes away Mm -hmm. from this story about the tricky, brave and wise young girl who like it is a coming of age story kind of for her. Right. And and she figures it out and she figures out how to escape and she figures out how to bring down the bad guy all by herself as a little girl who I've always pegged between the ages of like 10 and 13. Like she's she's young and It's not to say that she can't be stubborn. And of course, she is still a child like the way that she hates when her name is mispronounced. Right. Because her name is Coraline, not Caroline. And people frequently. But she's so much more dramatic about it in the movie. (laughs) But but she's she gets very frustrated about it in the book. And she really lays down like, no, my name is Coraline. That's true. Yeah. Which I think is. Makes sense as as somebody who has a less common name right like i don't think it, people ever see your name and mispronounce it but when people You'd see my name they mispronounce though. it all the time you would be facts, surprised but, um so it's not like she can't still be stubborn and like has those things that she's you know acts a little bit more childish about maybe but for the most part she's just Again, it's one of those, those, and maybe it's because I read this book when I was around the age of 10. Yeah. And the fact that she did do it all on her own as a young girl, which is less common in, right, like in children's books or. Well, I mean, that's like we were talking about Matilda was great because it's a Mm -hmm. young girl who loves to read and. It's just figures things out on her own. It's inspiring for a young girl to see that. And that's why I while I know this is like it's a little too creepy and scary, probably for some parents to want to give to their children and things. I still loved it and I'm so glad that I did just happen upon it Mm -hmm. when I was in elementary school because I really enjoyed reading it the first time I enjoyed reading it again. And I think Coraline in the book 
is a fantastic example of a strong young girl who's coming into herself and and it shows that girls can do things on their own like they don't need to have somebody help them or save them so that was my biggest gripe and grievance with the movie is I feel like they really took away from Coraline's character and and did try to push it into a more of that worldly view kind of what you mentioned before where it's yeah. like oh it's the the she's a little bit snotty because she's a she's a tween and I don't know it just doesn't and, and maybe that was also some of that Americanization because in the book she's British and yeah. she's like a well-raised young yeah. British she's girl. She's a classic but... Brit who keeps all her emotions on the inside. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's my, my biggest grievance. My number one is just that her personality and, and her wit and her smarts and is just kind of washed away and downplayed in the movie. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and my number one is kind of mentioned the dialogue just kind of in general. But um, also with Coraline and with just everyone. The nameless cat. Yeah, the nameless cat. There's just a lot less like sass and like character. I don't know. It's hard putting into words, but I just feel like it's not as just witty. There's wit. Yeah, there you go. It's just missing a lot that the book has that kind of makes it entertaining both for kids and for adults whereas i feel like watching the movie i was kind of just annoyed at all of the characters and there wasn't a lot of humor going on and there wasn't anything clever i mean there was a little bit of humor between yb and Coraline, but it was almost like so much that it ruined classic comic relief (laughs) character kind of comedy yeah i didn't like it that not the clever witticism that you find in the book Mm -hmm. in the dialogue between Coraline and the nameless cat or Coraline and some of her neighbors. Yeah. Um, And so I just, I, I think that again, it could have been like the Americanization, as you mentioned, um, wanting to make sure that it was more fit for American audiences because sometimes British humor can be lost on American audiences. So I don't know if that was part of it or if they just wanted it for a younger audience. But I don't know, I just wish we'd gotten a little bit more of that. That sass and fun. Yeah, the cat in particular was the one that I kind of really noticed between the book and the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think the voice actor for the cat still did a fantastic job. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his lines and were were just not as clever. And and th- those were the, the biggest ones that kind of stuck out to me. So. Yeah, but I agree it was probably to try and uh, make it more approachable from a wider audience. Yeah, I think that's, that's why I understand why they did it. I just don't like it. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I'm just now realizing as we're recording this? Yeah, we forgot to ask for fan faux pas. We, do, we didn't ask for fan faux pas. Just totally slipped my mind. I just didn't even think about it until halfway through this episode. Yeah. So. Instead, <laughs> go over to our social media 
and tell us your fan faux pas. And we'll share on, them on our and stories. We'll share and them stuff. on our stories and things. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, clearly we are just going through it right now. Dang, Halloween special, missing the fan faux pas. But e- e- either way, we can still answer the age-old question. Is Was the book better? Yes. 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 As creepy as it is, and I don't love creepy, it was It was also funnier and had more variety it's and more so well character depth. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm I, I forgot um, what a good writer Neil Gaiman is. And so now I'm excited because I know we have a couple not on our calendar currently, but on like our list to do. Mm-hmm. There there are quite a few other Neil Gaiman books that have been turned into movies, including one of my favorites, Stardust, which. Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't even realize until recently was written by him. So I'm excited to cover more of his stuff just because he's a really good author so if you haven't read much by him i'd recommend doing so yeah they're really short easy reads they're they're most of them are targeted towards children or young adults right like Mm -hmm. it's that children middle age novels kind of things but a good book is a good book it doesn't matter who the target audience is a good book's a good book so i think in, in this instance i think the movie was a good attempt I, I really do. Um, like I said before, the casting, I think, was done really well. I personally really enjoy mm-hmm. stop motion films. And, and and I really kind of look at it in awe as like an art style, just because I know how time consuming it is. And yeah, geez, it's insane. The behind the scenes stuff. I'm like, how do they do it? <laughs> and I do think the visuals, I guess that's a... a a honorable mention that I didn't mention is just the visuals in the movie were stunning. There were certain scenes that were just so cool to look at and watch, like using the stop motion. And, um, and I think that's probably one of the reasons too, why they changed some of the things in the book just to create a a prettier. Yeah. Take advantage of the image, Mm -hmm. take advantage of the medium. And, and so it was still plenty enjoyable, uh, but the the book is so much better, and so if you haven't read Coraline, I really think you should. And and like we said, it's a novella. It's like two hundred and ten pages or something. Like it's yeah. it's a quick read. Yeah, I think that's it. I think so. For spooky, um, spooky happy, Coraline Halloween episode. <laughs> happy Halloween. Uh, hope you, hope all... you all have a, a happy and safe yes Halloween. Regardless of whether you're going to be taking kids trick-or-treating or or going to a party or just hanging out at home, you do you, boo, but Mm -hmm. be safe and spooky in any way. Um, Next week, Minisode 18, we are going to be doing some more book recommendations. Yes. It's It's just that time of year where... I mean, maybe not in Hawaii, but it's that time of year in a lot of places where it's getting colder and where maybe if you're in the southern hemisphere, it's now starting to warm up. That's true. The the seasons are opposite there, but that's true. Still, it's a good time to curl up with a book when it's still always a good time to curl up with a book. It's always a good time. But 
specifically right now, like I can turn on my fireplace and just yeah, like curl yeah. up yeah, with some tea yeah. and a book and I'm happy. So if you need a new book to read while you do that as well, or I guess in Taylor's, if you're if you're like Taylor in a warm place by poolside or beachside or something. Yeah. It's also good works. places to read books. We'll be we'll be doing some more book recs in our next mini-sode. And then our our first episode come November. What are we doing? Is it the um, um, uh, is it Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox? I know it's a fall one. It might be Fantastic Mr. Fox. I can't Fox. remember if it's Fantastic Mr. Fox or um, My Sister's Keeper. Is that the other one we were doing? it might be hmm. we were so prepared and now we're not okay <laughs> were, we, were we prepared october november it's my sister's keeper okay there so you we'll go. be doing my so minisode 18 book recs and then um after that our, our next main episode episode 30 wow look at us We'll be doing my sister's keeper, which is very controversial, I hear. So, yeah, we'll, well, we'll, we'll see, see how, how that, that goes. goes. <laughs> we'll be sure to actually ask for fan faux pas for that one. I, I promise. promise I will be more on top we of it. We won't forget next time. But thank you for tuning in and listening. Happy Halloween again. Mm-hmm. I'm sad. End of spooky season, but it's fine. Uh, just another reminder, too, about um, merch announcement and pre-orders opening up on Halloween, too. So make sure you check that out. And otherwise, we hope you have a great week. And don't forget to read.